Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster, Dean Linke. Uniting coaches at every level of the game, around the love of the game, we are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linke. I am Dean Linke, and here we go. My favorite time of the year as on Tuesday, United Soccer Coaches released the association's national preseason rankings for men's and women's teams in all divisions of NCAA and junior college competition, as well as the upcoming fall season of boys and girls high school soccer. Stanford University, who captured both the men's and women's national titles last season in Division I, the first time that's ever happened in the same year at the Division I level. They sit atop both polls to start the 2018 campaign. And as is our tradition for our kickoff show, we talk to both number one coaches. Jeremy Gunn, who's won the men's national championship in three consecutive years, will be on as will Paul Radcliffe, who won his second championship in 15 phenomenal years at Stanford on the women's side. That's Jeremy Gunn and Paul Radcliffe coming up. Now, an NCAA Division II defending national champions University of Charleston on the men's side and University of Central Missouri on the women's side start the 2018 season where they finished last year that's at number one. And returning champs in Division Three, Messiah College on the men's side and Williams College on the women's side are also number one to start this season. Tyler Junior College out of Texas has both its men's and women's teams ranked number one to start the year in NJCAA Division One action. While in NJCAA Division Three, it's Genesee Community College on the men's side and Fresno City College on the women's side topping the polls. In addition to the collegiate polls, the USA Today United Soccer Coaches Super 25 Fall Boys and Girls High School rankings can also be found by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. Break it down, look at it deeply, and then know all season long we will spend time at every level. One, two, three, even junior college talking to the coaches for the top teams as the rankings are released every single week. Okay. It's Stanford all day here, right? Because for the first time ever, both on the men's and women's side at the Division I level, Stanford, your national champions. Jeremy Gunn, I don't know how he did it. He's done it three years in a row on the men's side. Paul Ratcliffe got his second national title as well last year. It's Jeremy Gunn first, then Paul Ratcliffe. And it's the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with Team Snap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com United. Once again, here's Dean Linky. Welcome back to United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. As I told you off the top, it's Stanford all day. The men and women, your reigning champs, the United Soccer Coaches preseason rankings have been unveiled. And of course, Stanford women, Stanford men, number one in the United Soccer Coaches preseason rankings. In just six short seasons, Jeremy Gunn at Stanford has won three national championships and he's done it back to back to back in the age of parity and competitive nature it's just simply 
incredible. And Jeremy Gunn, for the third year in a row, the opening show of our college soccer edition, you're on with me. I hope uh, you're not getting tired of spending time with me, Coach, because uh, certainly I enjoy it. No, this has been the big incentive all along to get on the show <laughs> each year. So, uh. <laughs> well, no, I know you're kidding, but I mean, it, it really, when you do, when you, I mean, Coach, when you sit back and reflect, knowing how competitive college soccer is. To do what you did, go through a competitive regular season and a very good conference and then the tournament and then get to the Final Four and handle that pressure three consecutive years. I mean, tell me you're like, wow, that is pretty amazing. You know, it's hard to talk about something, I think, when you're still in the midst of it all. But um, no, what what the players have done and everybody in the program, it's, it's been pretty remarkable and certainly... There's lots of great programs doing amazing things through each season, but just for everything to have fallen our way three times in a row, it, it truly is special, yeah. Well, we knew you were a special coach as well, because before you went out there, you took UNC Charlotte all the way to the promised land and almost got it, and of course, they're not one of the you know Power Five conferences, and then you decide, all right, I'm going to go out to the West Coast and go to Stanford kind of we talked about this last time but in your wildest dreams did you think like this many wins this many national championships this quickly no you you always hope to just do your best you know and you as a coach you want to you want to get into a group and hopefully just affect some change that's positive and with each player you want to try and bring the most out of each player and the team you want to bring the most out of the team um but all you're really trying to promise there is just the um the desire to perform well, but th- those outcomes are, are never going to be something that you could ever predict. Um, you can certainly hope for great results, but um, you, you just got to work as hard as you can do. And then when, when things have fallen into place with the right personnel and the right environment, great things can happen. But my goodness, you could never imagine things happening like this, no. Well, this three-year stretch, 52, 7, and 10. And, of course, uh, you know, a couple years ago we knew Jordan Morris was on the team and he was also wearing the red, white, and blue. What made last year's team not just different but also special? I mean, that's what we're talking about last year's team as you start the season number one. What was so great about that team, Coach? You know, the the team last year had such an incredible balance to it. The the first championship team – It was a wonderful new journey that you never really know if you'll ever get to that destination and that that outcome. Year two was incredible in the fact that um, we'd graduated out so many of the star-billing players. um, It was really against the odds, and it was an incredible group effort that really fought their way to a championship when, you know, it wasn't as if we were the the top team in the country taking teams apart. this group coming in, we had the, the incredible players, we had the incredible culture that had developed together, um, and we had the experience. And so I think the, the biggest threat to us in, in a year like last year was going to be complacency and whether people were still hungry enough or not. And um, just testament to the group and the way they do things, everything about it had a, a laser focus on, on just trying to be the best group we could be again. And um, amazing group. I just felt last year we had such a great balance where we could take teams apart with some incredibly exciting soccer that, you know, we scored a lot of goals. Um, but also then when it came into the tournament time, we still had that steel and resiliency to, to shut down good teams as well. So 
I think the balance was the big thing last year. Well, yeah, you say shut down. I mean, two years in a row. I don't know if people totally realize this. You've not allowed a goal in two consecutive NCAA tournaments. And, you know, you got to score to win, but you also have to be solid defensively. <clears throat> There's nothing more perfect than that, Coach. Amazing job defensively. What's that all about? Well, I think it's the mentality we have. And, I, um, you know, when everybody gets on their soapbox about how soccer should be played and all of these different things, um, I think everybody in the world wants to prophesize that they want to play beautiful, free-flowing, attacking soccer. But everybody wants to do that. We all know that. And so as a coach and as a program, we know that we want to play those great games. And on our, on our good days, we, we do that. But on top of that, though, we, we really focus on the other side of the game as well, on, on the part that maybe people don't want to touch, which is you know, the mindset of being good defenders. And that doesn't just mean your goalkeeper and your back four. That means your entire program as a unit. And so the fact that we didn't let any goals in in those tournaments, that's a testament to everybody that stepped foot on the field because that means you know no lapses of an attacker not picking up on a set piece. Um, everybody tracking at the important times, everybody blocking shots, everybody doing everything possible to help defend for the team. And I think that's something that I'm um, very, very proud of the wonderful attacking flair that the players have shown through the past. But as a coach, probably most proud about the fact that we had a group of people that bought into an idea that if if we all work hard collectively um, we're always going to be in those games, and we're always then going to give ourselves a chance to win the game. Well, and clearly it takes a special kind of discipline, and I liked your comment about, you know, hey, I don't want to talk about one team versus the other, but I think what I would like you to talk about is every year, I mean, the Stanford athlete, you know, you can take some pride there, right, because they're a true student athlete. I mean, you must marvel at these folks, not just <clears throat> on the field but off the field. Uh, they're un unbelievable with that. Um, I mean, you look at the, we, we move on seven uh, student athletes this year. Seven of the players move on and graduate out. Um, of that, six of them signed professional contracts. Uh, six of them have graduated, and one of them who left two quarters early only has two classes to go. Uh, three of them graduated in three years and a quarter. And this, this isn't in basket weaving. This is in some serious degrees as well. And so I'd, I'd say to anybody that, um, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can be an incredible student athlete. You don't have to choose between being a good athlete, scoring goals, or, or getting good grades. You can really do both. But it, it takes unbelievable discipline and I think um, spectacular time management as well. Um, you can't be the best partier in the school as well as being a good soccer player and student, but um, if you focus on the two areas, you can do them really, really well. And uh, what we really try to share is that um, everything we're learning in the program is going to be good for you, whether you want to become a pro soccer player, whether you want to move on into anything in life. And so, you know, I think if, if people are motivated and understand that they're getting great lessons in the classroom and outside on the field, they're motivated to do both. But um, whatever we say about how incredible all these ideas are, it still takes an incredible amount of hard work on behalf of these, these young men and women that we have here, for sure. 
the hard work starts now. The preseason rankings are out. That means preseason camp starts, and before you know it, you'll be playing games. You don't get a whole lot of time, as you know, in college soccer as you start the season. Talk about uh, the mindset going in. Do you reflect on the three in a row, or is it just clean slate, here we go? Talk about uh, how you get the team set, Coach. You, well, you have you have challenges no matter where you are, whether you've had a tough year before or you had a great year. And so we, we have an interest in um, personality this year because we're going to be asking ourselves the question and working with it both ways. Are we a new, young, fresh team? Or are we a seasoned veteran program? Um, and so, you know, we have both, both things factoring in for us. We'll have a lot of fresh faces playing a lot of good minutes. Um, but we also have the experience within the group of, of how to navigate the college season. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll be getting out there straight away and looking for some of the new answers in different positions with, with some of the, the new players. Um, but then also we'll be leaning on the experiences we've had in the past, but certainly, you know, we're not really talking about the past. We're just using those experiences to talk about this year and this moment. And Jeremy Gunn's thoughts on men's college soccer right here, right now. Men's college soccer is an incredible product. The truth is we, we have to improve it, um, but we could say the same about all the different levels of soccer, uh, not just in the United States, in the world. Um, but so it, it's a great product. It's something that is completely unique to the rest of the world and something that we should really cherish. And I would, I would just love to see the country really embrace everything soccer in the U.S. and try and help improve everything soccer in the U.S. Um, it's, it's okay if certain incredible talents want to skip school and go pro immediately. I think for some people that's the right decision. But for so many people... College soccer is just an amazing environment, an amazing life experience that springboards them onto great things in life. Um, and also springboards people onto great careers in soccer. And so it, it is a, a truly remarkable environment. Um, but can we improve and are we trying to improve? Of course we are. You know, the, the biggest one we'd love to move to is the, you know, the 21st century model of, of having the season more spread out which will create a lot more balance to everybody's life, allow people to enjoy the journey a little bit more and, and allow us to, to grow in better ways, I feel. But, you know, we keep working on that and hopefully that can come to fruition. Talking with Jeremy Gunn, the head coach of the Stanford Cardinal men's soccer team, back-to-back-to-back national champion. is just simply amazing. We know that uh, you grew up in England. You were a youth player at Grimsey Town FC and Scunthorpe United FC, and then you decided to come over to the States, an All-American, first-team All-American, by the way, at CSU Bakersfield. What was it and when was it where you said, you know what, when I'm done playing, and you did go and, and play some pro soccer, but – I want to. I want to coach. You know, I talk too much, so I guess I had to go into some form <laughs> of marketing, teaching, coaching. Whatever. I started off with computer science, and I realized that um, being inside a small lab, just looking at a computer screen, while I loved the mathematics and the the brain work, I, I didn't enjoy the lack of talking. So I think I, I was always inspired to want to share my own opinions, uh, whether people wanted them or not. But um, no, I actually, I, I got into youth coaching uh, the second day I arrived in the, the States, and it was very much just a way of uh, supporting myself through college. Um, 
but then I, I really enjoyed it and enjoyed all of the experiences I had with it. And so it, there wasn't really an initial conscious decision to pursue coaching. It was very much a means to an end that I enjoyed. Um, I got into college coaching to allow myself to do my master's degree and then play in the old professional leagues half the year around. And so it wasn't a conscious thing that I want to be a full-time coach. It was just there, and it was something that I I worked with to, to help survive and um, to, to keep enjoying a wonderful lifestyle in the U.S. Um, and then I think, you know, when I finally made the jump to become a, a head soccer coach, uh, when I moved out to Fort Lewis in 1999, that was... You know, when I'd, I'd been working with Simon at Bakersfield for seven years in assist, as an assistant, and that was really the plunge into um, this is going to be my life, I guess, at that point in time. What about mentors? Who was, uh, you know, <clears throat> perhaps an early mentor? And then off of that question, Coach, who's maybe somebody you call now for a little bit of advice, <clears throat> although it doesn't look like you need much because you're – winning all the time no you you always need lots of advice the moment you think you're too smart that's when things go drastically wrong i've had huge influences in my career um simon tobin my coach at bakersfield really showed me that if you dream big uh, you can do the audacious things he he took the bakersfield program pretty much from being one of the worst programs in the country at any level um, to be in the Division Two National Champions, which is just an incredible feat. And uh, the hard work and perseverance there were truly amazing. Um, Dr. Dan Freegan, who I still work with today, we've been working with him for, um, goodness knows, I don't know, over 15 years now, and he's always been an incredible asset to me for advice personally, but also great working with our environments, creating such a positive culture that we have. Uh, and then the late Andy McDermott, who was a youth coach at Arsenal, I was um, I met him when I was at Fort Lewis, and I'd ha- been having a bit of success. And uh, I got to meet him, and, it, and he made me feel uh, so small and so uh, uh, humiliated in the fact that I realised then how little I still knew about the game. And so I worked with him for a few years at Fort Lewis, where. At times, I, I let him completely run the show because he was such an incredible coach. He'd been a youth coach at Arsenal for 18 years. So he, he really shaped my ideas on the pitch. Um, as of today, I've, uh, I've still, um, you know, we still get to entertain unbelievable teams that, that come to Stanford. And so <clears throat> Jurgen Klopp was here with Liverpool a couple of years ago. And... Um, I just loved everything about the the person and everything about the way he ran his team. I thought it was truly amazing. And two years before that, Antonio Conte was here as well and got to learn just so much from him as well. And um, I guess if the truth be told, when you're watching these, these great coaches at work, I'm not really looking as much into the sessions that they're doing looking much more about how they work with people because um, this is a people sport and when we spend too much time thinking about just the soccer component, I think that we miss the fact that we're dealing with human beings that are going to have such incredible nuances and the better you are at communicating with people and the better you are at bonding with them, the better the chance that you're going to play great soccer. 
We have Jeremy Gunn, the head coach of the Stanford Cardinal men's soccer team. The guy's been a winner everywhere he's been, by the way. During his time as an assistant at his alma mater, CSU Bakerfield, he helped the Roadrunners to the 97 Division II National Championship. And then he took a job with Fort Lewis where he was in three finals. He's been a head coach since 1999. He's not had one single losing season ever. So clearly you do have that kind of – that that winning touch and now going back to the kind of question of, you know, are you surprised? Are you reveling in it? What do you do different when you get to that final four and you're there? Uh, I mean, is there something that you say differently, walk differently, talk differently, or, or what's the, what's the key there, coach? Differently than what we normally do or differently than other people? Well, perhaps other people, because you're doing something right. I mean, you've won a lot of games. Um, I think the uh, the first times you move into uncharted territory, often you behave behave leonly and differently. I remember as a player, the first NCAA playoff game I played in, it felt so weird because we were using the different what was it, the Brian Ball back in the day or whatever it was. Um, and I think the more you do this, the more you learn that uh, this is a day to day way of being, and so your training environment and who you are day-to-day is going to define who you're going to be out there on the pitch. And so really, the, the, when you get to the final four, everything should be in place of how you go about things. And the, the way we've always gone about things, we, we work super, super hard. There's no question about that. We, we get the, the staff to work really hard. We get the players to work really hard. But we also enjoy the moment, and we have a lot of fun as well. And so... When we go to a final four, we're um, we're there to enjoy the moment. We're there to still have fun. Of course, we want to win the games. Of course, we're going to want to compete. And we we're already that that way of being is there every day in training and every game we play in. But we don't change who we are as people. And so, hopefully, there's those daft moments happening at a final four, just like there are in every day to day at training. And so. Once you get you, once you get into those situations, I think the important thing is to not change and not do anything differently. Really, Coach, uh, looking uh, at your schedule here, you've got uh, exhibition games against St. Mary's and Northridge, and then you've got a home game against San Jose State. And then right away, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and see what kind of metal my team is made of because you're going across the country to face the mighty Terrapins on August 31st, mm-hmm. and then a few days later, the Georgetown. Hoyas, why was it important to uh, not only play those teams, but also travel to play those teams? Well, um, they're two great programs, and so they'll always be exciting games to play in. And certainly as you, as you go through the season, you, you hope to put yourself in, in exciting environments. You hope to put yourself in really tough tests. And so we believe we're doing that with the schedule we have. And... Um, and certainly, I think the you know the Maryland away game. I think it's just been tabbed that'll be on on national TV, and so it, it should be a, a really exciting event, and, and hopefully a great advert for college soccer. Yeah, you know they'll have a great crowd. Uh, the house that Sasho built there, he's done a great job. Uh, you know, not only with great teams, but drawing outstanding fans. And you're right, it'll be on FS1, the first time ever a men's. Division One college soccer game will be on FS1. What a great way to start the season. And, uh, you know, Jeremy, I, I'm the only guy that can talk to a guy with three national championships and make it about me by telling you I'm calling that game. Um, 
But I got to tell yeah. you, I love college soccer. You know I do. I am so fired up for that game. That'll be great for the kids. And I mean, your kids are used to primetime TV, though, right? Because you're winning national championships on primetime TV. But that early on, that's got to be pretty exciting uh, for your kids, particularly your freshmen coming in. Yeah, it'll be exciting for everybody involved. And I think the you know, everything, all the hard work we do, the day-to-day journey that we go on, you do get those opportunities for those exciting moments. And so <clears throat> to be on national TV right at the beginning of the season, um, I think it, it certainly gives everybody some extra excitement going into the season. But, you know, we've got other games before that. And so at this point in time, we have to, to look at how we're doing within ourselves. And then we get the exhibitions and then the the season opener at home first. And so hopefully the guys aren't looking too far down the road over the other games. Coach, uh, how about your coaching staff? Uh, you know, this is the United Soccer Coaches podcast, and they're all about learning and sharing. And there's a lot of uh, sessions as well about uh, the role of an assistant coach. And talk about uh, your coaches and how important it is to have good assistants. It's everything. I think as, as a head coach, you, uh, you know, you want to <clears throat> figure out what assets you want from, from the different people that you work with and figure out how that can create a really effective staff that not only going to do well together, but also enjoy being around each other. You know, in businesses and teams, so often you see people that really don't like being around the people they work with, which is a true shame. And so we've got an amazing staff. Uh, Ogie Kennedy is the, <clears throat> the, the head assistant coach, and uh, I've worked with Ogie for a number of years, uh, one year at Fort Lewis and then here for a few years. Just an amazing asset to the program, an incredible soccer brain, and somebody in his own right as a head coach won two national championships at Fort Lewis. So an amazing soccer person and a great, great guy. Um, and then Charles Rodriguez, who was the captain for me at Charlotte in that, that run that took us all the way to the, the final game, who's somebody I recruited out of high school. Um, he put up with me for four years as a player, and then goodness knows why he would then want to have to deal with me again as a coach. But um, fantastic young soccer coach, and, and will become a great head coach in the future as well. Um, you know, he's a tremendous defender in college, and he brings great insight to the team with that. And then Colin Audley, who was a, was a player at Denver University, and um, is our volunteer coach who you know, is in that role that we just expect of everybody that whether you're you're paid, whether you're volunteer, we expect them to be all in. And he he works tremendously hard for the team and and really adds great personality to the group. So, you know, that's our immediate coaching staff. And um, if I'm talking about staff, I'd I'd be remiss to not mention that the great athletic trainer we have, Brian White, who's just an amazing part of the program. And then our sports performance coach, Chase Phelps. And so, they're the immediate people we work with day in, day out. And between that group, I feel um, we add very different things in different ways. And as a group, we have a great time working together. Well, and every successful person, whether it's in business or athletics, they also have good balance in their life. And you've got a wonderful young son with <clears throat> you as well. Talk about uh, your life away from the soccer field, Coach. <laughs> I've, I've never tried to claim I've had a balanced life. I, uh, I have a job that I really enjoy, and so I read about people, I read about soccer, I, I watch it, I'm thinking about it 24-7, and so probably haven't been able to claim a balanced life, but my, my lovely wife, Janet, and I have a, a two-year-old boy, 
Tomas, who uh, certainly has created, uh, I don't know if balance is the right word, just more, <laughs> more excitement, more wonderful love, and a hectic environment that's absolutely awesome. And so um, certainly now when I walk in through the door, rather than sitting with my laptop on the couch and getting, getting different work done, I, I get to play and have fun with a, an incredible bundle, bundle of energy that um, you know, all the parents out there know how much fun that is, but also know how incredibly time-consuming it is. So um, it certainly takes you away from the job, which is a fun thing for sure. Final question, also on the show, the head coach of the Stanford <coughs> women's soccer team, also the national champion. You guys did the double, never been done. Talk about that relationship and how cool it is, how fantastic it is to say that the men and women are both Uranian national champs. It's a really cool thing, and when you can when you can watch other people work and watch how they do things, it's really fun. And uh, Paul and I, we have a great relationship. We're all in the corridor together. We're we're right next to each other with our locker rooms and everything. And it's it's a really fruitful one, also a really enjoyable environment where the men's and women's programs really work together and, and help share things in a really positive way. Um, I, I can't answer this question without throwing it out there, as always. You know, Paul was immensely helpful to me coming to Stanford, gave me tons of great advice and... Uh, I always try and tell everybody that he's really like a father figure to me because he's so much older than I am, and I really look up to him. And uh, if you tell that to him before or on air, who cares? But uh, <clears throat> no, we're only a couple of years apart, and we're actually just crazy coincidence. We're from the same part of the world. His family's from Yorkshire as well, and so um, uh, so we actually even have some some distant roots in the same area, which is pretty cool as well. But magnificent man does an amazing job and um certainly we're, we're wishing them well for the upcoming season as well as always yeah and with that he'll be coming up next in the meantime we say thank you we say congratulations and coach i look forward to seeing you in college park hope to come out to practice and uh watch you guys at work and look forward to you know really promoting the incredible success that you've had on fs1 Thanks again for kicking off the college soccer edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Jeremy Gunn, I do appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and good luck to everybody out there this year. A champion and a gentleman, Jeremy Gunn, the head coach of the Stanford Cardinal men's soccer team. They've won the national championship three straight years. Amazing. Paul Ratcliffe has had 15 fantastic seasons leading the Stanford women's soccer team, and they won their second national championship last year. And you've heard me say that for the first time ever at the Division I level, Stanford men and women are your national champions. So it's Stanford all day. Both of them are number one in your preseason rankings, which were released this week by the United Soccer Coaches. So it's Paul Radcliffe, the head coach of the Stanford women's soccer team, when we return. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. United Soccer Coaches is proud to partner with College Fit Finder, the solution for your proactive recruiting process. 
College Fit Finder is awarding four one-year memberships to deserving United Soccer coaches, members, and their clubs. Each award is valued at $4,200 and gives the club access to College Fit Finder services free for one year. The registration deadline has been extended to August 15th and you can apply online at unitedsoccercoaches.org or contact Development Officer Amanda Mitchell at amitchell at unitedsoccercoaches.org with any questions. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. The United Soccer Coaches preseason rankings are out. And as is customary, the reigning national champions for both men and women at the D1 level, every level, in fact, are your number one team in the preseason rankings. And we already visited with Jeremy Gunn. You know the deal. The first time in history, Stanford men and women, both national champions. No university has ever done it at the same time. And the women are led by Paul Ratcliffe, the most successful coach in more than 100 years of Stanford soccer among men or women. Now, in 15 seasons as head coach, the Stanford women have won two national titles, reached four NCAA finals, won seven Pac-12 titles, played in seven College Cups, and reached the NCAA third round in 11 of the past 12 seasons. The Cardinal has advanced to the College Cup seven of the past 10 years. And uh, the Natty, again, your second coach. I know uh, you're thinking preseason right now, but I still got to ask you just to reflect one more time before uh, we talk about the preseason. Just reflect on uh, last year and winning another title. Yeah, last year was a, you know an incredible year, and I think what made it truly special was winning it with the men's team at Stanford. Uh, we have a close relationship with their team, and it was just you know a historic year for both of us to win. And I teased Jeremy that he made it easy on me, you know, winning three straight national <laughs> championships for him on the men's side. It was about time I was able to catch up and, and help out. So uh, truly remarkable year and so proud of the team um, and looking forward to a, a new season now. Yeah, Jeremy spent some time talking about the kind of discipline a Stanford Cardinal student-athlete has to have because, as he said, uh, there's not a whole lot of basket weaving going on. Can you uh, also add to that? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, we recruit the top-level student-athletes. Um, they're very focused and dedicated academically and athletically. And, um, you know, their, their time management skills are, are truly, you know, exceptional. And I think if you give them um, a game plan and you help kind of structure them a little bit, they're going to give you 100% effort. So I have so much respect for all the student-athletes we have, and we're really lucky to work with them. So, Paul, as we just did, I asked you to reflect on last year. Preseason training has now started. Do you talk about last year at all? What's your approach as far as uh, taking what you did last season into this season? Yeah, when I brought the team together, I basically said, hey, you know, last year was fantastic. We, we made great memories. We achieved our goals. But it's important to understand that that's in the past. This is a totally new group. Um, you lose your seniors from last year and you add freshmen to this year's group. So, you know, it's a new year, and we have to have the same determination we had in the prior year. But ultimately, it's a, a totally new group and a new year, and you have to prove yourself. You know, you're only as good as your last game. So as soon as we play, that's going to be the benchmark for us. The old cliche, the target on the back, do you focus on that at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I feel like at Stanford, the target's on our back every game. Uh, and it has been for many years now. So I think we're, you know, we're used to playing with that kind of pressure. 
Um, it doesn't make it any easier, but ultimately we just got to put out our best effort every game, have a good game plan, and uh, enjoy the journey, basically, because you know there's ups and downs. You're going to take some losses through the year, and that's part of the learning process. Paul, we've had you on before, so we know the story. You were a key player on very good teams at UCLA, but remind us when you got the bug to want to be a coach. Yeah, my my journey with coaching was interesting. So I you know I played at UCLA under Ziggy Schmidt, and uh, you know honestly I didn't have much money, so I needed money through the summers. And Ziggy was nice enough to allow me to coach his camps. Um, so I was constantly learning from Ziggy and doing a lot of camps through the summer to kind of make ends meet to get by. And uh, the more I did it, the more I enjoyed giving back to the game and teaching young people. And uh, I didn't realize that was kind of the genesis of it all. But from there, you know, things just kind of, you know, kind of lined up for me. And I got more and more opportunities. I ended up being the graduate assistant coach for the women's program. That's kind of how I got into it, or the men's program. And then they started the women's program. So basically, timing is everything in life. And I was really fortunate to get the right timing. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the, the thought process of the game, the tactical side of the game. As a player, that was kind of my strength. Um, so now I'm doing it on the coaching side. So, you know, I really enjoy it. Well, you talked about how you got into coaching women. What do you enjoy most about uh, coaching women's soccer as opposed to men's soccer? Truly, I didn't really coach much men's soccer. I kind of just got thrown into the women's pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, but the part I like about the women's, I think, is the relationships you cr- create. Um, you know, they're calling you up after they've played for you, telling you, I'm, you know, I'm getting married or I'm having a baby. Um, but the relationships are really strong. You know, the guys sometimes, unfortunately, um, I don't know if it takes me to when they're really later in life, they come back and, and want to thank you. But the women are really, uh, you know, great with relationships and staying in touch and everything else. So it's, it's a really fun, uh, fun process. Well, you know the deal on the men's side when you look at college soccer. There's a lot of, uh, you know, players being pulled early on through the academy system and that type of thing. Um, you know, women's soccer now has the very successful NWSL. We'll get to that in a moment, but it just seems like women's college soccer continues to thrive with, uh, you know, fantastic teams. Uh, so go ahead, uh, you know, with the floor, you're kind of Paul Ratcliffe, State of the Union on women's college soccer right now, Coach. Well, I think it's exploding. Um, you know, every year the level is getting better. Um, you know, each game we've got to be prepared, have a good plan, um, a good scouting report on the opponent because there are so many teams with so many weapons. Um, the level of coaches across the board are just so strong. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's, it's just getting better and better. Um, and similar on the professional level, I know that's starting to develop. And uh, internationally, it's, you know, skyrocketing. There are so many international players coming over to the collegiate game now that are very talented. Uh, right now we have the U-20 World Cup going on in France. So it's, it's a great time to be involved in women's soccer. And I think over the next 10 and 20 years, it's just going to keep growing and get even bigger. What are the keys to not just getting through the regular season and, you know, winning a couple games in the tournament, but, you know, uh, it's about sharing here on the United Soccer Coaches, so I'm not asking you to give all the, you know, magic dust away, but what does have to come together to do what you've done, and that is win a couple national championships? There are a lot of things that go into that, um, but one of the more important things, I think, is creating a good culture um, within the team that you're valuing work ethic, efforts, um, you're supporting all your players, and all the players are supporting each other. 
So I think that team chemistry is really important. Um, and then demanding excellence in training, that they create good habits every day and are training at the highest level possible. Um, because whatever you do in training is going to translate straight to games. You can't just change your level where you change, you train at 75% in the games, it's 100%. I think you have to train 100% and then it just translates straight over to games. Here on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, Stanford and Stanford, Jeremy Gunn, number one in the preseason rankings, your reigning champ on the men, Paul Ratcliffe, number one in the women's preseason rankings. You know, with United Soccer Coaches, we also spend a lot of time helping assistant coaches find their way and also play a key role to support the head coach. You know, Coach Gunn talked about his staff and what they've meant. I'd like you to do the same. Yeah, I know I have an incredible staff. Uh, Hideki Nakata and Marguerite Alzosa. Um, and then we just hired Kaylee Sullivan is on board now. She's fantastic. So I'm really lucky to have a great staff. And there's no doubt that, you know, as a head coach, you know, we can't be successful without a great um, assistant coach group. Um, they do so much. They're involved in all aspects of our program and absolutely critical to our success. So I owe them a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm the first one to advocate for when they said, you know, they had head coach of the year or national coach of the year. I want it to be national staff of the year because there's no way just one coach is doing all that work. It's that entire staff. And uh, it's critical to have a good staff to, to be successful in this game. All right, Coach, I said I was going to ask you about the NWSL, and you kind of touched on it as well. When you look at the NWSL right now, what uh, does it mean for college soccer knowing that you've got that next level? It's critically important. Um, you know, I think all these players, for them to invest as much time as they do at the collegiate level, you know, they want to have a place to go and continue to play. And now they have that opportunity. You can see them investing even more time into their game and honing their skills. So it's incredible um, to have that. And my hope is that it continues to grow. I want, I want it to add teams. Um, I'd love to have some teams in, in California or a team in California in the future. So hopefully someone out there is listening and is on the, on the bandwagon there getting that to happen. But, um, you know, it's great to have those opportunities and, uh, the league's just going to keep growing. I think we saw the same thing with the MLS when I came through, it was very young and now the MLS is absolutely booming and I'm hoping the NWSL will follow the same suit. Just a couple more questions, Coach. Uh, taking a look at your schedule, you know, we know the Pac-12 is always loaded, but, wow, are you kidding me? You know, you've got Brigham Young, Minnesota, Notre Dame, North Carolina, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, four really tough games. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy. Um, I, I always like to test our team because I think that's how you learn where you're at and what adjustments you need to make as a coach to see them against the best competition in pressure situations. And uh, I'm definitely going to test the team this year. And the hard part is, like you said, to go back to back to back to back is going to be the real challenge. Obviously, we've got to keep everyone healthy through that process. And, um, you know, it's not going to be easy, but uh, we're excited. Um, you know, obviously... You know, Anson Dorrance, UNC, a storied program. That's going to be incredible. Notre Dame has an unbelievable um, history and tradition. And then playing at BYU, I know they have great fan sport and at Minnesota. So there are going to be a lot of good games. And then we have USC and UCLA coming to Stanford to play as well, two of the top teams. And then all the Pac-12 teams are, 
are strong. So we're excited for the year. It's not going to be easy. Like I said, the, the journey is important to realize that you're going to have highs and lows. And, uh, you know, I expect to maybe take some losses, and we're going to have to learn from those and bounce back. But that's how you get better. I'm living the dream myself. I'm doing the Friday Stanford-Maryland men's game, and then on that Sunday I'll be doing the Stanford women at Minnesota game on the Big Ten Network. And uh, so it'll be great to be able to call, you know, one of your team's games again like we used to do on uh, Fox Soccer Channel. So certainly looking forward to that as well. Finally, you've got a couple young daughters. Uh, are they climbing up the ranks to maybe be a future member of your team? Are they playing? So my younger daughter is playing. Yeah, she plays at uh, MVLA. So uh, yeah, she's enjoying it. And we'll see. I don't know if she'll want to play for me. <laughs> we'll have to see about that. But uh, she enjoys playing. and I'd love to see her, you know, staying in shape and making friends and, and honing her skills and building her confidence. So it's, it's pretty cool to see. And Jeremy Gunn said great things about you, Coach. Uh, and of course, he made you know one little joke saying that uh, you're the elder statesman of the two as well. Just talk about that relationship, since we know that uh, for the first time ever, both the men and women won national championships the same year. Yeah, Jeremy's a great guy, um, unbelievable leader. You know, to win three national championships in a row, truly remarkable. So I have so much respect for him. Our offices are right next door to each other, so we're constantly communicating. Um, he's a great guy, you know, his wife and my wife, we went out to the U2 concert um, in the beginning of this summer, so we're really good friends, we hang out, have a lot in common, and, uh, you know, I'm honestly trying to learn as much as I can from him, and I know he jokes that I'm older than him, but we're actually the same age, believe it or not, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I feel like he's older than me because he's such a great coach that I want to learn from him, and, uh, you know, figure out what it takes to, to repeat as a national champion because that's that's going to be our goal this year. A great working relationship. Indeed. 275, 50, and 27, a 781 winning percentage on the farm. Paul Ratcliffe, your reigning national champion, number one in the United Soccer Coaches preseason rankings and a great way to kick off our college soccer edition of the podcast. Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks for giving us so much time. Good luck this season as you go for the repeat. Thanks, Dean. Look forward to seeing you in Minnesota. Cannot wait for that and cannot wait to talk college soccer all season long. The preseason rankings are out. We broke it down in the open. We'll spend time next week with some of the coaches from Division Two and Division Three. We'll spray it around all season long, covering college soccer right here as part of our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. I want to thank Pat Madden, who does such a great job coordinating the rankings for United Soccer Coaches, as well as Rob Kehoe and everybody at United Soccer Coaches, Mike Knipper, Sean Chevrolet. We also want to wish our best to Ashley Goodrich, who is moving on. Such a great contributor to United Soccer Coaches for several years. I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. The United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. United Soccer Coaches provides programs and services that enhance, encourage, and contribute to the development and recognition of soccer coaches, their players, and the game we love. Join today. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to teamsnap.com slash united.